Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the IFL TV podcast in association with Lonsdale MTK Global, sponsored by William Hill. This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. We're at uh, the pad of Tyson Fury here in Las Vegas, joined by his new trainer uh, for the first time, Sugar Hill. Uh, nice to meet you. Uh, how you doing? Doing pretty good. How are you doing? All good. It's going pretty mental in there. It's uh, United Liverpool, obviously, going on right now, and uh, we all know Tyson's a big United fan. What's going on in there? That's right, man. You. Are you United as well? That's right. Perfect fit. <laughs> um, how are you getting on? Uh, getting along real well. Um, training camp is good. The atmosphere is good. It's uh, everybody's happy. Everybody's upbeat, and uh, you can't ask for anything better than that. What was your first memories of Tyson Fury, Sugar? Uh, very tall, white guy walking into the crunk gym and uh, being so coordinated, uh, moving around, jumping, shuffling around his feet like a middleweight or a welterweight. Uh, those were my first memories and I guess uh, the words are fresh meat because that's what, uh, that's what people say when somebody new walks into the gym. They just holler, somebody just hollers fresh meat, fresh. There's a guy named uh, Bam, he says fresh meat and when that happens everybody turns around and looks. Okay, so he got a flight, a random flight uh, to Detroit. Um, looked for the, the Kronk Gym, which was the old Kronk Gym, it wasn't there. Then told the cab driver to go to the new one. As he said, he was the only white guy in there. Tall guy came in and said uh, that he's going to be the future heavyweight champion of the world. What was everyone's reactions there, including yourself and uh, the late uh, Emmanuel Stewart, God rest yourself? Uh, well, well, the first day, I mean, when, when he came in and said that, I mean, everyone's just like, you know, like, okay, you know, we've heard these stories before from people coming in and saying they're going to be the next champ. And, uh, um, you know, a few days later, you know, from him being there and working out and talking with Emmanuel, uh, Emmanuel talked to me about him and, you know, and told me the talent that he had. And I just watched him in the gym from that point on. And, you know, he wanted to box, you know, boxing and wanted to box. He wanted to box anybody. It didn't matter to him. And, um, you know, spending a couple weeks with him. Uh, was good, you know, watching his work ethics, him hitting the bag hard, everything he did, he did 100% and was always happy about it and, and, and communicated with other people in that sense as well. Um, you know, just, you know, I guess like, you know, his care for people and, and, and being around people and, and being happy and, and lifting people up. So uh, he worked, you know, worked good with people in the gym and um, that carried over to until we went to camp uh, with Vladimir Klitschko in Austria. And that was the same thing. Uh, had great times there, training, great times talking at the table, uh, great times, you know, playing, having snowball fights, running, things like that. So um, it's, it's, it's the same right now. Um, 
when I rejoined him for this camp uh, with uh, versus Wilder too. Mm. So he spent three weeks out in Detroit, is that correct, when you first met him? That so would be about correct. So you didn't weeks. see him that much? Uh, from I, I saw him every day pretty much. Um, no, but in terms of three weeks is still a short time, of course, but from what you saw in those three weeks, did you see a future heavyweight champion in the world? Uh, I didn't look at it that way. Um, I just, I, and I guess a, a lot of times I don't look at it that way. I just look at the person and, you know, the good character. He's working hard. Mm. And uh, I wouldn't be able to tell that until we got in there and uh, inspired with Vladimir Klitschko, but that never happened. Mm. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I saw a great talent uh, in Tyson Fury. Um, that was, you know, just, that's not common. It's not a common for a, a, a fellow 6'9 six, six, to have uh, the talents like that, uh, you know, the ability to move and to do things that a smaller fighter would do. It's, it's very uncommon. Mm. You, they're both very uncommon in terms of Tyson. As you said, his uh, conditioning for a big man is amazing in the way he moves. And Wilder looks like he really should be a cruiserweight. He's that skinny, but punches uh, ridiculous in arguably one of the biggest punches ever. Yeah, it's like in, a super uh, heavyweight. Exactly. <laughs> a new division. Absolutely, yeah. They're both freaks uh, in a good way. Um, besides his natural ability, what do you make of his mental strength, uh, Tyson? We know that story about him and Vladimir Klitschko in the sauna, and Tyson felt that led him to being victorious in Dusseldorf that, uh, in that historic night. From what you've seen of Tyson, what do you make of his mental strength? So he has a story about Vladimir Klitschko, him and Vladimir Klitschko in the sauna, and um, he stays in the, clip, in the sauna longer than Vladimir, and I guess he, <laughs> it's a funny story, uh, so funny, I was there, I was, uh, I was, I was the last, I was, I came in third place, if you could say that, <laughs> so I had to challenge myself to stay in that sauna a long time as well, but um, it got too hot for me, and I didn't have any future plans in fighting either of the two, Tyson or Vladimir, so I got out. <laughs> Don't blame you. No, I didn't know you were there. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was there for that one. Yeah, so it was. Uh, How it long was, was he in that sauna for, Tyson? Uh, I mean, I, he was in there longer than Vladimir was, and uh, you know, he stayed in a little extra just to pour it on. You know, same thing I would have done or anybody would have done. Don't just get out. Right, walk right out after the next man got out, but standing a little bit longer, no matter how bad it hurts, and just uh, you know, just to prove a point. And uh, his point was proven. Uh, and no one else done himself. that to Vladimir before? No, no. Vladimir was always the last one in the sauna. He was always the last man getting out the sauna. Mm. It's interesting that. I mean, shows his character. Going into this fight, 99% of people thought uh, Tyson won the first fight uh, in LA. Uh, but with Deontay, you can never rule him out with anyone. Uh, we know why. What changes for Tyson? And what he told me is that the only thing that changes is that he's got to knock Deontay out because he's not getting a decision here. From your perspective, what changes from the first fight? That right there, the knockout. Just that. The knockout, yeah. And, and, and as far as Tyson's determination, his will, um, you know, everything that, that, that makes him who he is, such a, the, you know, the great fighter that he is, um, that's a lot. That's a lot for him to say I'm getting a knockout and, and to go for the knockout because anything put before him that's a challenge, he seems to overcome and seems to succeed. Um, that's something I noticed about him from you know first meeting him being in the gym. 
any kind of challenge put before him as far as can you hit the bag 300 times in one round? Yeah, he's going to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, can you climb that wall over there? Yeah, he's going to go climb that wall. Just anything you put in front of him like that, any task or any challenge, that's, that's, that's Tyson Fury. Those are the things that, 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 that gets him up. Those are the things that makes him, uh, you know, makes him be the best that he is, mm -hmm. brings out the best in him. Um, the fight with uh, Deontay Wilder, that was a top fight. Uh, you know, one of the biggest fights other than his, the Vladimir Klitschko fight. But uh, through Tyson's career coming up, he always fought the best guys. He didn't fight uh, guys he easily beat. He always pushed himself to challenge himself uh, to make him perform on a higher level. And uh, it showed in the first fight with Deontay Wilder and uh, Tyson Fury. And uh, the second fight, he's pushing himself even more. He wants to knock out. Tyson's openly admitted before in terms of the Klitschko fight and the first Wilder fight, he didn't step on the gas and that was part of the game plan to see the, uh, the fight out and win on points and try and avoid as many risks as possible uh, and obviously they worked, obviously Klitschko, we all know what happened there and, and Wilder on paper was a draw but a lot of people thought he won the fight. So is there extra risk involved with using this game plan? A lot of people might think that. There's always a risk, there's a risk when you get in the ring period especially in the heavyweight division because one punch can change the fight. Uh, that's why the division has always been such an exciting division and, and, and the granddaddy, you know, division of all, of all in all of boxing is the heavyweight division. Um, you take a risk by not trying to step on the gas and, and knocking your opponent out because later on in the rounds, maybe he knocks you out. That's the risk you take. So that, that also was a risk for Tyson in the first fight. It's not stepping on the gas, just, you know, trying to win on points. He doesn't want that again. I don't want it. I wasn't raised that way. You know, Emmanuel always taught me, get the knockout. That's the only 100% for sure way that you know you want to fight. Take it out of the hands of the judges. What was your actual thoughts on the first fight itself and then the decision when it was read out was a split decision draw? Uh, my decision, uh, my, my outlook on the fight is I, I thought Tyson won the fight. I thought he did enough to win the fight, even though he was knocked down twice. Uh, but, you know, I'm not mad at the decision because I understand from me being taught, don't leave it in the hands of the judges. Uh, the best way to win your fight is to you make sure you win that fight. Don't leave it up to somebody else if, if uh, you know, you have to, to, to catch a, uh, you have to catch an airplane and you depend on somebody else to get you there on time, get there yourself. I guess one of the rules was always if you want something done right, do it yourself. If you want to win, make sure that you win. Do it yourself. Get a knockout. We know uh, Tyson. Or at least go for the knockout. If you go for a knockout and you don't get the knockout, then probably you're going to win the fight. But if you just go for a win and don't win the fight, then you lost. <laughs> we know uh, Tyson's cousin, Andy Lee, is... Uh back in the picture as well, uh, someone you know very well. What's he bringing to the table, Sugar Hill? Well, what Andy Lee brings is his experience also uh, being around Emmanuel, being around myself, uh, training in the crunk gym, and that, that's, that's what Tyson wants. He wants that crunk style. Uh, he said it before he speaks, you know, he speaks about it a lot. He wants that crunk style. He wants a knockout. He wants to be able to use his right hand like a Thomas Hearns, like a Vladimir Klitschko like a Lennox Lewis, uh, like a Gerald McClellan, like so many of the, the famed crunk fighters um, throughout history. 
you know, the Kronk fighters always know how to set up that big shot and get that knockout. And that's what he wants to do. He wants that knockout. And uh, Andy Lee being a part of that with one big punch, he, he loved his, uh, his little right hook. He'd always knock people out with that right hook, uh, as he'd done so many times. And uh, it's just, you know, looking for that one punch, your best punch, and, and being able to set it up and being able to execute it and uh, get those knockouts. That's so exciting in boxing. It came to as a shock to the public uh, when Ben and Tyson split. Now, there hasn't been a huge amount of time. Um, I guess, what, when did you link up with Tyson? When was the first point of contact? December? It was December. I don't know the exact date. It was, um, it went public on a Sunday, and I talked to Tyson on a Tuesday, the Tuesday before the Sunday, so doing math, it's not hard. <laughs> yeah. But you feel like it's enough time uh, to implement your ideas and tweak things and, and get the best out of him on, on Feb 22nd? I, I definitely do think it's enough time. First of all, it was in Tyson's head already before he called me. So it's not like I'm trying to change him to do something that he doesn't want to do, something that he's not comfortable with. So it, it doesn't seem to me as, as a hard task like everyone makes it to believe. Uh, this is already set in, in, in Tyson Fury's head, what he wants to do. He just brought me in to put the pieces of the puzzle together. In terms of his opponent, Deontay Wilder, where do you rank him in, in the heavyweights that you've worked with and, and seen, I'm talking the, the best heavyweights, um, where do you see him in the picture? How good is he? Uh, Deontay's, Deontay Wilder's right up there, I mean, in the top five, um, and not to try to put him on, you know, lower or anything like that, but I mean, I've been around the heavyweights, you know, and seen heavyweights that, that, that have been, you know, that have been dominant, you know, throughout the years, and, and he's making his way as being a dominant heavyweight. He's been champion for, I believe, five years or almost five years, uh, something like that, and that, that's a long time, um, and that's in any weight division, but in the heavyweight division, I guess Vladimir Krisko was, uh, you know, almost broke Joe Lewis's record mm. as far as, uh, you know, longest reigning heavyweight champion. Uh, and I guess was going, you know, toward the other record for defenses as well. So uh, to do that, as, as Wilder has done for, for five years now, is a, is a big accomplishment. And you have to put him up there with those, with the, you know, the heavyweights, the great heavyweights. Uh, Wilder is knocking everybody out. I don't know if any other heavyweight has knocked that many people out like that. He's only had one fight where he didn't get a knockout. And then he knocked him out in the rematch. Yeah, so I mean, you have to look at those things and say, wow. You know, he's, he's, he's one of those fighters, you know, that will be remembered in history. And he's not, he doesn't weigh as much as the heavyweights of today. He's just, like you say, he's really a, a cruiserweight, uh, pretty much, you know, not really weighing over 220 pounds, fighting these guys, fighting these fighters that are uh, 250. Uh, but he's got the height and he's got the power, he's got the quickness. Uh, he's a dangerous fighter all the way around. Do you feel as if this is the best fight in the division? I do feel that Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder is the best fight in the division uh, for the fact that you have, it reminds me of a Ali and Frazier. Uh, you've got the big puncher knocking everybody out, everyone's going crazy, and then you got the superior boxer that can also knock people out, which you can never ever you mean Ali underestimate Foreman, you mean? that. Yeah. Ali Foreman, yeah. yeah. Um, well, Ali Foreman, Ali Frazier, Frazier because both, they fought, both, they, had yeah. the, 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 they had a trilogy. Yeah. You know, so um, I guess the first fight was, 
Ali was put down and things like that. And after that, Ali sealed the deal on the other two fights. Mm. In fact, heavyweight history has told us, not even heavyweight, just uh, in general, that in rematches, the boxer tends to beat the puncher. I like that. I haven't done that much history on it or, <laughs> or, or uh, you know, stats, but yeah, that sounds about good. In terms of the, the mega fights, when you look back, it, it seems like the boxer does always uh, beat the puncher. We'll see what happens on uh, February 22nd. I asked, is that the best fight in the division? Tyson told me on, I think it was yesterday when I interviewed him, that he does want that Anthony Joshua fight. Uh, what do you make of Anthony Joshua as a fight? That's another big fight, uh, you know, and uh, not to take anything away from those three heavyweights fighting each other. Those are all big fights, uh, no matter how you look at it. But right now, you know, the best fight in the division is Tyson mm. uh, Fury versus Deontay Wilder. Mm. That fight is about to happen February 22nd. Uh, the fight with Deontay, uh, maybe Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua or Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua is a bit far off. But this is something that's you know happened immediately right now, and uh, that's why it's the best fight. And these guys, these, these two fighters have fought already, and they came out to a draw. One showed superior boxing skills, and he was dropped two times, and he had a draw. And one of them was an extreme puncher, who was a who, who ended up getting two knockdowns to get the draw. Uh, so this is, this is the best fight by far in boxing right now in the heavyweight division. Maybe in all of boxing right now, uh, since the first fight was an instant classic. Arguably, yeah, that, that is a, that's a good point. Um, what's the situation with this cup? Obviously, we saw what happened with the uh, Otto Wallen fight. Everything is okay on that front, yes? Uh, everything's okay as far as I can see from the cut. Uh, it's been healed. It's been stitched up. It's been healed and um, haven't seen anything that would make me believe that it would open up. Um, if a fighter's not getting hit so much, then you know it's like saying a fighter doesn't have a chin, but he's not getting hit, so who knows how good his chin is or not. And me personally, I would rather have a fighter who doesn't have a chin and doesn't get hit than a fighter who has a chin and getting hit all the time that kind of defeats the purpose of the, the sweet science of boxing is to hit and not be hit. So it's always a mystery when I hear people argue about who has a chin and who doesn't have a chin. If you're not getting hit like you're supposed to, not get hit, then what difference does it make how good your chin is? We know you guys are going for the knockout. What do you make of Deontay Wilder's chin? Obviously, he's fought uh, Luis Ortiz twice, Tyson Fury himself, uh, notably his, his best uh, opponents on paper. What do you make of Wilder's chin when he's been in with top fighters? You can you can say Wilder has a great chin. He hasn't been down. Um, don't know if he's been hit like that, but it doesn't matter. Tyson busted him a, a few fa fair few times in the first yeah. fight. Luis Ortiz caught him. Still didn't go down. No, so, he didn't. I mean, you you have to say he has a great chin. But this is the heavyweight division still, so uh, he's been wobbled or shaken a bit sometimes. And, and that leads to believe that the man can be hurt. Uh, maybe he just has to be hit more. Just lastly, uh, we know Tyson's still got uh, a fair few fights left in him. Where do you think he can be placed in terms of the greats of all time? Uh, I think Tyson Fury can be placed as uh, one of the great fighters because of what he's done already uh, by dethroning Vladimir Klitschko and to have taken off from boxing for such a time that he did and to come back and to make an instant classic fight with the Deontay Wilder.
the bronze bomber, the, the, the knockout artist. Uh, you know, every, nobody gave Tyson Fury really a chance in that fight. And, and to come back and, and to make a performance like that still reminds me of, a, you know, Muhammad Ali when he came back. You know, people didn't think, you know, he would be able to do what he did in his career as making a comeback after being laid off for such a time. And now you have Tyson Fury in that same situation uh, with that same charisma, the same character, the same confidence, uh, the same, you know, you know, loves to box, that boxing ability. And uh, this makes for a great fight. And he's the people's champion as well, like Ali was. Yes, yes, yeah. very much so. Well, people doubted him uh, in Dusseldorf against Klitschko. People doubted him in Los Angeles uh, against Wilder. There's still people doubting him going into this fight uh, yeah. in Las Vegas. Uh, we'll see what happens. All will be revealed. What is it? Five weeks to go now. Exciting. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. getting close, and uh, it is exciting. I can only think about you know um, if Emmanuel were alive now. This is the position he would be in right now. So, uh, from everything that he taught me, and I've learned from him throughout my life. Uh, for me to be here, it's like him being here, so yeah, it's a great feeling. I'm sure he'll be proud of you and Tyson, and uh, he'll be watching from above. Um, Shaquille, great to meet you. Thank you for your time here in Las Vegas. Uh, I will see you back here in four weeks. All right, thank you very much. And as you can see, I think Tyson did an Instagram video about the pool and the mountains and everything. Uh, training camp it looks so glamorous, but this is where we are right now, the same place. What a great message that was as well. <laughs> like The way social media is, is everyone tries to portray this great life and he looked like he was having the best time in the world with his shades in that, in that pool in that background, but he's been put for his paces by you. Yeah, yeah, same as here, that's why I, I mentioned it, because we're sitting in the same spot, almost <laughs> with the same background, and people are probably like, oh, they're living it up, they're having fun, but no, it's not like that. Uh, it's, uh, it's preparing for the fight, it's preparing mentally, physically, uh, you know everything. Everything goes into this fight. For, for, you know, from from how he feels, and for me too. I mean, this is this is still the, the legacy of Emmanuel, and this is you know my own legacy as well. So um, I'm 100 percent in, and uh, like I said, definitely happy to be here with, with Tyson because this was something that Emmanuel started. You know, just the same as the Crunk Gym. Emmanuel started that Crunk Gym uh, to be such a famous gym, and and uh, me and Tyson are here continuing, uh, you know, something that Emmanuel, uh, he saw and, and believed in and uh, just carrying it forth to the future. Absolutely. Sugar Hill, thank you very much for talking to IFL TV. Uh, best of luck in the next four weeks with Tyson. And uh, as I said, I'll see you out here uh, next month. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the IFL TV podcast, sponsored by William Hill in association with Lonsdale MTK Global. Podcast Network.